0: It ain't the left side, or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the
1: left side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Also, check out our merchandise store, on thefinside.threadless.com. Be sure to check out, too, our interview with your boy Q. He was... He has a show called Unnecessary Roughness on ESPN, gave a great breakdown on the Raiders. We're going to continue that here with with our points to the game. Paul, Dolphins are 2-0, and Raiders are 0-2. It's obviously at this point, you got to think early in the season, a must-win game for the Raiders. And it's a chance for the Dolphins to really pull ahead here in the AFC East this early in the season.
0: Yeah, you look at it this way, and, and Miami, if they win this week and then win against the Patriots next week, at the very worst, they could have a two-game lead in the AFC East, potentially. At the very worst. So, I mean, that, and that's huge, getting to the point where you're a quarter, away, quarter of the way through the NFL season. The Raiders, you know from when years ago John Gruden was rumored to come to Miami, potentially. I'm not a fan at this point. I, I think he does some mystifying things, and I think he's bought a little too much into the John Gruden legend himself. I, I thought that when he was with Tampa and I've really seen it thus far out in out in Oakland while he's renting a spot there or LA or you know Vegas whichever location they decide to claim this week but it, it's it's very much my biggest worry in this game is that this is going to be a trap game for the Dolphins. The Raiders aren't doing a lot well. Derek Carr looks decent so far and Mark Cooper looks decent thus far and That really plays into Miami's strengths, though. So it's going to be strength against strength. And then the Raiders have a lot of holes right now. They don't have much of a pass rush. I I just I I don't see this being a game where, unless it ends up being a trap game, Miami can lose.
1: The Dolphins are favored by three points right now. I was actually a little surprised to see that line. I I did watch both Raiders games on NFL.com. Just a couple of observations. Number one, in this past game, Derek Carr threw a lot of short passes, a lot of checkdowns. He was actually 21 for 22 against the Broncos at one point. But when the Broncos started tightening up on defense, a lot of that went away, and he really flopped there in the fourth quarter. They've struggled a little bit to get the running game going with Marshawn Lynch. He's a powerful back, but those holes that have been there for Raiders running backs behind this offensive line featuring Rodney Hudson and the Semele and Gabe Jackson, Colton Miller, Donald Penn have, it, they haven't been there that much. So there's, there's a lot of imbalance there for the Raiders on offense and even so overall right now, Derek Carr, 80.6% completion rate, 590 yards, two games, one touchdown, three interceptions. So A lot of imbalance there on the offensive side of the ball. Jared Cook, their tight end, ninth overall in receiving yards this year. He's gotten off to a monster start this year. And Jared Cook had eight catches for over 120 yards against the Dolphins last year. But I also think the Dolphins are going to be able to cover tight ends a lot better this year, too.
0: Completely. I mean, I fully expect they'll be shadowing him with Minka, Rashad, if he's healthy. You know, they've got Jerome Baker, who's a little bit quicker at linebacker now. And really, outside of Jared Cook and Amari Cooper, nobody's done anything for the Raiders. Jordy Nelson looks like a bust. Looks like somebody that you know Aaron Rodgers just made look good. Jalen Richard's the number three overall receiver behind Cook and Cooper for these guys, and he hasn't. He's got 50 yards receiving with a 6.1 yard per catch average. So I mean, they're not doing anything special in the passing game. They barely have over 160 yards rushing as a team, and. Miami's defense has looked so good thus far. I just don't see them breaking that cycle this week.
1: Two things that really stick out for me here that the Dolphins need to do is obviously every defense needs a good pass rush every game, but it's more important in this one. I mean, I've said in the last two games, it's not as important. You get a great pass rush against Marcus Mariota or Sam Darnold because they can avoid that that pass rush so well. And they're They're actually better throwing on the run. Derek Carr is not that type of quarterback. He will take a snap. He'll drop back. He'll survey the field. That ball's got to be out in a few seconds. And if it's not, sometimes he struggles to know where to put it. You see that? You saw that last game against Denver. When, when the pass rush started, he struggled big time. And if, if Robert Quinn and Cameron Wake at the defensive end spot can force that pressure and they can get some of that pressure up the middle, it's going to make it a long time, day for Derek Carr. The other side of that is we saw it last year on Monday Night Football where Derek Carr had a phenomenal game. The Dolphins didn't get a pass rush against them.
0: No, and this is true. And, and, and while we're talking about pass rush as well, I mean, the Raiders' side of the ball on defense, their pass rush, they've got two sacks to this point. point, two sacks in two games. I mean, you have a rough game, one game, fine, but that's two rough games right there as far as your pass rush goes. And their leading tackler on defense has as many tackles as Kiko had in one game. I mean, it was a good game, but, but to be that low two games in and be the leading tackler on the team, that there's so much I, I dislike about this Raiders team right now.
1: Yeah. And in terms of run defense, even though there's a lot of promise with the rookies against opposing running backs this year in two games, 5.76 yards a carry. And this is a game I think Kenyon Drake is really due to break out and have over 100 yards rushing in this. So it's going to be hot in Miami. And if they can balance that running game, I, I think that they're, they're going to keep the Raiders on their toes a lot. And if if you want to look at how winded the Raiders can get defensively, look at Bruce Irvin and Arden Key on the, the last two drives of the Raiders Broncos game on NFL.com if you can, because uh, they were winded and there was no pass rush. That's why Case Keenum put together two back-to-back drives to end up winning that game. So you've got Kenyon Drake on that. Another part too is I talked about Rashawn Melvin and our other, broadcast. Former Dolphin, he was on the Dolphins practice squad 2014, and in 2016, he almost made the team. Went on to the Colts and the Raiders, and now he's the top cornerback for the Raiders, has turned into a good player. I think the Dolphins need to avoid him at all costs. So you've got got Rashawn Melvin, and then you've got Gary and Conley on the other side. Pretty good players, pretty up-and-coming players too. The ones you got to pick on in this one are Leon Hall the third cornerback who's 58 and the safeties Carl Joseph and Eric Harris and there's another guy that I'm not quite remembering off the top of my head but not a lot of speed there so I think if you avoid Gary Connolly and Rashawn Melvin with and you spread the field out and you use that speed of receiver I think the Dolphins are going to have success through the air too.
0: They really could. I mean, this is not a Raiders team that looks like they can force turnovers. They've got one apiece on fumbles and interceptions at this point. They're not going to, to pressure Tannehill, so he should have time. And and really, it, it's it's kind of comical, as you were talking. All I could think about was, you know, you've got Arden Key on the front. You, you've got Bruce Irvin at the second level. And then at the third level, you know, you've got Gary and Conley. And not a whole lot. Else, other than Rashawn Melvin, obviously, so you've got one, one, two as far as special players. There's 11 guys out there, and they're throwing out a defense that would be good if you were playing NFL blitz and only had you know one, one, two. But you can't do that in the NFL. You're not going four on four. You're going 11 on 11, and they haven't even seen a back like Kenyon Drake yet, or Frank Gore, and the two-headed monster in Miami's backfield, as well as what Tannehill can do with his legs as we saw last week, I just don't see a scenario in this game other than if Miami lets themselves get lulled into complacency, which we've seen them do in the past, that Miami doesn't rack up some stats in this game.
1: Right. The matchups definitely are there for the Dolphins. Bruce Irvin uh, moved down to defensive end this year, so he is the one guy who can fly off the edge and and cause some problems. But other than that, there's not a, a guy that really moves the needle on the Raiders roster they defensively they didn't play terrible last week but then again the Broncos aren't very good on offense either so Paul how do you see this game going what's your prediction in this this contest
0: I I I think you've already got a feel for how I see this game going I, I don't see it being even close they've got I think three touchdowns on offense and they've only been in position to kick I think three or four field goals at this point this is not a Raiders team that can put up a lot of points, and, and Gase has started to show that he's not afraid to, let up, to to keep on the gas finally this year because he's calling fun plays that he wants to get into. I see this, unless Miami lets themselves get lulled to sleep, I see this being probably like a 30-10 to 10 game, and that's what the Raiders getting a garbage-time touchdown
1: I The only way I can see the Raiders winning this is if they protect Derek Carr very well. If they do that, I think they've got just as good of a chance to beat the Dolphins as the Dolphins do to beat the Raiders. But I don't see that happening either. The Dolphins' defensive line has been on fire, and I think they're going to keep rotating that those defensive linemen in the Miami Heat – and I think they're going to get a lot of pass rush in the second half. I also see the Dolphins winning this convincingly. I'm going to go with 31-17 to 17 Dolphins. So not to count our chickens before they hatch, but if the Dolphins go 3-0 and next week against New England, this is going to be the biggest game for the Dolphins in a decade, maybe even more, and I don't think that's an over-exaggeration. And say that they beat the Raiders, they go to 3-0, and and then they beat the patriots to go to 4-0. Getting ahead of myself, the rest of the season, you still have the Bills twice, the Jets, the Giants, the Redskins, the Texans and the Colts. So, you could be you could be 3-0 and if you beat the Patriots, you're 4-0 and now you've got 7 games that you should win the rest of the way. It would be a magical start beginning of the, to the beginning of the season for the Dolphins here.
0: Completely. And, and and really, I'm with you there. It's hard not to get lulled into that trap game ourselves here. I know one thing that we'll be talking about a lot next week, but I just want to get your thoughts here. I know as soon as word broke that the Browns were looking to trade Josh Gordon, I know I was in a bar full of Dolphin fans Saturday night, and, and pretty much everyone I talked to was like, Jesus, he's going to go to the Patriots for absolutely nothing. And then, sure enough, word broke, he went to the Patriots for absolutely nothing. What are your thoughts there? Because I'm
1: just disgusted. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely good for the Patriots. It can't be bad. I mean, fifth or sixth round, conditional fifth-round pick. Yeah, but you know, one thing to keep in mind, too, is Josh Gordon has played, what, seven games in the last three years. I don't think he's quite the smashing superstar that he was several years ago when he played like 14 games and had fourteen fifteen hundred 1500 yard receiving but it can't be bad for the patriots they really simplify the route concepts for a player like this so basically he's going to be running deep and hopefully attacking double coverages downfield to open things up in the middle so yeah i'm i'm not pleased and josh gordon is probably going to make his debut against the dolphins next week
0: agreed and i'll tell you i i'm really glad watching this Raiders team just to get back to it, that Miami did not sign John Gruden a couple of years ago. I won't call him Chucky because we actually have a, a dolphin super fan, uh, Chucky Roche there. And I won't insult him by, by calling him that. So yeah.
1: Tr- trading Khalil Mack is the stupid, one of the stupidest trades I've ever seen. I don't care what happens. I mean, you've got a, You've got a guy there who was a top five pick he comes into the league. He has 37 sacks over his last 3 years in the NFL. Does everything you want and then you trade him. I don't care if he got two first round picks for him. Two mid first round picks are not going to equal what Khalil Mack could have done for the Raiders. So hopefully that lack of energy and that lack of pass rush continues against the Oakland Raiders for the Miami Dolphins and the Dolphins get to 3 and 0. That will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins Raiders matchup. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Also, be sure to check out our our merchandise store as well on thefinside.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side
0: for the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side for the right side, then it must be side